Welcome to Leap of Faith, the podcast, a series of deep dive dialogues with businesswomen, creatives and leaders who at some point in their life were called to play a different game in what they were creating in the world. Women who know how to run a business and feel called to share their leap of faith and reveal how this decision has impacted their business and their life. This podcast is to inspire you, to empower you, become still and ask yourself, am I still on the right path? Or is there a different way that I don't see yet? Listen and wonder to what is possible if you start working from a place of trust. My name is Marianne Hermsen. I'm the founder of Leap of Faith and the Leap of Faith podcast. And today my guest is Moira Yvette. Moira Yvette is an artist creating and performing, performing her own magical theater shows where she's blending storytelling, spoken word poetry with Celtic singing and music a must-see. She's a chief storyteller and a graduate of the Storytelling Academy, as well as a master musicologist. As an experienced teacher, trainer and coach, she has been working with hundreds of entrepreneurs and professionals to create, tell and live their story. She sold out five times the inspiring storytelling event in a large theater and has built a six-figure company by sharing her gifts with the world. Moira Yvette is regularly welcomed at a variety of events as a performer, speaker and trainer. And today she is here. I'm really thrilled that you are here today, Yvette. Welcome. Thank you. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I was really, you know, when I'm thinking about who do I want to invite, I, I just have to become still and then words, uh, names pop up. And, and so I, let me tell the, 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 the listeners how I know you, because um, what I have done with you is a storytelling training. And I've been to your storytelling event, one of the five sold out events. Yes. And I must say, storytelling has changed my life. Wow. Yeah, because... I learned to write posts in a different way. I learned to look at my life as a story and also to see myself as a hero in the story. Yes. So it really shifted a lot in me. And it's not only because of the techniques of storytelling, I think especially because of you, because of your energy, your enthusiasm, your empowerment, what you did with the group and what you now put in the world. Well, so this you. is what I wanted to share with the people who don't know you, who don't know Yvette or who don't know Moira Yvette, which is your artist name. True. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. It's wonderful to hear. It always humbles me when people talk about uh, the work that I do in this way. Uh, I see it happening, of course, with a lot of people. And it's, it's my absolute belief that storytelling and learning to express your own story uh, in your own way really is life-changing. It brings you to a level of freedom, a level of movement that uh, before encountering storytelling myself, I didn't even know was possible. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was possible to, when I learned to express my story, to really embrace my story, to also flow with that story in such a different way than I had previously thought that my life would flow. I had this sort of... Uh, imagined road that I would take you know you go to college and you get a mm -hmm. job and you so like this path that's already laid out for you and upon embracing my own story and learning to express it and to tell it things started to unfold in such an incredible different way than I could have ever imagined and that to me uh, was magic it's pure mm. magic yeah and I, I remember from all the stories I read of, of about you because I also wanted to look how did you do storytelling you, you called yourself a former head person. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the thing I, uh, I noticed also in a lot of the women that I work with is we are so very strong intellectually. Mm. You know, we are uh, usually women who can do a lot with just our thinking power. We have had education. Uh, we are very strong in thinking up solutions with just with our brain. You know, being really intellectual people. And for me, that was, uh, that's an absolute strength. It's an absolute advantage to have uh, that kind of capacity and mm -hmm. those kind of skills. For me, only I came to realize that it was almost the only skill I was using. I wasn't really familiar any, anymore with my heart skills and my 
you know, the wisdom of my own body and integrating all those different forms of wisdom with my brain capacity. So I've, I felt like I've been living really in my head and, mm-hmm. and not anywhere else in the rest of my, my system, my body. And that was weird as it may sound, but it was a revelation to me to, th- to think, uh, <laughs> to think or to feel rather <laughs> that there was so much more to me than just between quotes, just uh, my intellect and the things I could think up, you know, and strategy and planning and. Yeah. And, and was it because of, yeah, you, you embarked upon the storytelling training for yourself, the academy. Yeah. Was it that in that period that you found out, oh, there's more than the thinking no, much effect? Later, much later, actually, because, you know, when I started working with storytelling myself, when I um, underwent my education to become a chief storyteller, uh, I was mainly working still on a technical level and from my head. It wasn't until a bit later where I was really implementing everything that I had been learning for years by then um, and started to realize it's not just about telling my story. It's also about living my story. Mm. That thing started to change. You know, when I started to tell my story more and more, that's when I became conscious of the fact that when I'm 80, I will also have a story. That will be a story of my life until Mm. then. And I started to become conscious on a day-to-day basis is what I am living today, what I'm experiencing today and the people that I surround with today and the work that I do today, is it contributing to the story as I would want it to be when I'm 80? Is that the story that I want to tell that that's what I've been doing? What a beautiful way to to look at it. Yeah. 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 And it took a while before I, I got to that conclusion. And that's also when this whole, uh, the rest of my system sort of switched on and said, well, we want to say in this too. Um, it's not just about, do you think that you're going on the right path and this is the story that you want? But then my heart started to interfere and started to say, well, if I'm going to tell a story at age 80 about what I've been doing, I want it to be a story from my heart. I want to be able to say, I followed my heart. So then that heart started to really interrupt. <laughs> Every time I was thinking something, my heart would much faster tell me, well, it's a good plan, sure, and it's smart, and it's strategic, and it will get you to your goals, but how do I actually feel about this? So then, I so, started- and so you're talking about your heart, heart as yeah. if it is a person interfering. So, sort of, yeah. Yeah, so, so you're in this thinking mode, and then how does your heart yeah. get a saying into this? Yeah, well, I've, in the beginning, it was um, like this, that I would think up a plan, I would execute it, and I would say, oh, that was a good plan, because I realized my goals, and, you know, now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But was I, really, truly? So more and more, my heart, start, I started to just feel something inside of me that said, but if, when I'm happy, if I'm really happy. Am I fulfilled? Why am, why am I not feeling for fulfilled? Why mm-hmm. is that not the case? And that opened my my brain up a bit to listen sooner to this voice that tells me how I actually feel. So this is what we usually do. This is what I call are the former head people. When we're still living in our head, what we do is we say, this is the plan I will execute. This is the road I'll take because then at the end of it, I will be happy. So I, I do first. And then at the end, I evaluate mm-hmm. if I'm indeed truly happy or not. If not, I adjust the plan and I do the same with my mind. You know, I make up a new plan and I start to execute that. And then at the end, I evaluate how do I feel. And when I started to work with storytelling and really embracing my own story and seeing it more on a day-to-day basis thing, that's when I started to turn that order around. So I would first, when I came up with a plan, check how do I actually feel about this plan? Mm-hmm. Can I absolutely honestly say that this, that this comes from the heart, that I feel a kind of excitement, that I'm happy about it? And only if that is a full yes, will I even proceed with the plan. And this is what I see in, in well, the group that I came to call uh, the former hat uh, people, <laughs> former hat women mostly, is the women who recognize this, who recognize having lived from their minds, from their brains, from their intellect, and only afterwards evaluating how do I actually feel about what I've been doing, who now have such a strong heart feeling the feeling will come first. It will first tell you, yeah. I, I don't even agree with this plan. Just in fe- It's a good plan, sure, it's smart, 
but we needed to like be confronted eh? because I'm also yeah. talking about myself. I also made plans from the head because yeah. I didn't know better. And then I failed. Yeah. So and this I is wasn't why happy. We, no, yeah. and this is why we start to burn out and why we uh, encounter anxiety and depression. This is all signals from our own system that are, that are letting us know that the way we are using our intellect now to plan, to make strategies and to just execute what we think is the right path, that it is in fact not the path that will make our hearts so happy that when we are 80, we have a story to tell of which we say, this has been my life. And it has yeah. been incredible because it came from the heart every day. Yes. And we, and we all know that on our, you know, on our funeral, nobody, you, we don't want people to say, Yvette, she was such a great business person, such no. a good manager. <laughs> no, she was. She had such an incredibly successful business. No, it, it, it won't matter. You know, it won't matter. What will matter is how I've been feeling along the way and how happy I have been and how much care I felt in my own system so that I'm also able to give care to the people around me, build relationships. You know, that's what's going to matter. And I'm not going to get there unless I literally flip the story, not yeah. the head first um, and then execute and then check, well, how do I feel about this? But the other way around, what do I want? How do I want my story to feel? Mm-hmm. I find myself, and, and I don't know if you recognize this, but the downside of doing this, well, the upside is that everything gets better. Everything, you know, every result feels better. Every, everything you accomplish is, feels better because actually mm-hmm. from the heart, uh, the excitement is much greater. You know, that's all fantastic. The downside I am experiencing is that I had to learn how to get comfortable with the unknown, with not knowing. Yeah. And that was a tricky thing because my head always knew. Of course, always. your head is freaking out. And this is, this yeah. is what Leap of Faith is about. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you think? Because yeah, absolutely. this is about, okay, I know it works this way. So before, long before you and me knew about law of attraction, we already were like directed in, in yeah, the... We well, in the in yeah. the direction of feeling first and then doing because that was it felt better and, and we wanted fulfillment yeah and then yeah the next step which when when our head is freaking out is when we have to trust and we don't know yes exactly being in the unknown yeah yeah getting comfortable with the unknown and that to me is, is not an easy process and i still struggle with that every now and then because i keep making these leaps of faith uh, just because I'm so determined on following my heart and not uh, getting back into any kind of comfort zone in the sense of uh, giving my head the comfort of already knowing the outcome. Mm, yeah. You know? and, can, and can you share with us, if you remember, what, what was your first leap of faith? Well, I think I've been making them like, like many of us. I do think it's a natural thing for us to make leaps of faith. We don't always value them. No, uh, as being such, but but there are a lot, you know. Look at, at children. Children take leaps of faith every day. They have no idea if they can do something, and they just experiment. They just go and do it, True. with with all the consequences that, that <laughs> brings, you know. But they still do it. It's a natural thing. Um, but because I've been starting to live in my head so much and wanting to control also uh, things from there, because I knew I could. You know, we are strong with our minds. We can plan. We can make strategies. We can control, and that's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time, the first big thing that I remember that is, uh, I think also very significant for me is the, um, just quitting my job from one day to another just out of the blue. I realized I am not feeling the way I used to feel about this job anymore. And I had already been trying, uh, to adjust things, you know, in my workspace to, see if I could get that feeling back and I wasn't getting it back. And then somebody made a notion to me that uh, was about long story short, it was about 10 years from now, you know, having a long breath and just keep going at it and where you would be in 10 years from now. And that's when I realized, but if this is the way I'm feeling now, do I really want to be here for another 10 years? Mm-hmm. And then the answer was no. And that's when I took a huge leap of faith because that exact afternoon i sent in my letter of um notice yeah yeah um and what was your job that was in the the, the, you are a teacher right yeah i was still working education uh both on um uh, i was still teaching and i was also on uh management level um leadership in education 
doing all kinds of programs, leading all kinds of uh, innovation councils. And it was, there was a lot of fun things happening, but I wasn't happy anymore. Uh, mostly because the change didn't come fast enough. Mm. I, I am somebody who uh, works really fast. If I see something that can be better, I implement it. And I basically, I'm also impatient. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it's, what you're saying is if, if, if you don't fit in, you know, yeah. you better start your own company because then it fits you. Well, the funny thing is I wasn't even uh, quitting with the intention of starting my own company. I was just quitting because it didn't feel right anymore. I had mm. no idea what I was going to do next. I didn't even know if I wanted to. The, the idea of starting my own business hadn't even crossed my mind. That came a couple of weeks later when a friend mentioned it. Why don't you just start your own company? And the first thing I thought was, no, not now. I don't, <laughs> I know, I don't know the first thing about running a company. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, but getting back to the decision of, you know, giving notice in the afternoon without knowing what's next. Yeah. That's, that's really a change in... in, in in programming yourself almost. Absolutely. I also, at that time, had two little children. They were two and three years old. Um, I, of course, just had, uh, like everybody else, a house to pay for, you know, the taxes that would come in. The economy wasn't doing great. So everybody around me actually panicked. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what are you doing? You have, you know, these children, you have your house, you have, do you have a new job then already? I said, no, I don't even know what, I, what I'm going to do. But by then, I was working with storytelling. And what working with stories has shown me, has really taught me, that's all thanks to le learning how to work with storytelling, is that there is not one great story that has ever been written on this entire planet. You cannot find one that isn't about taking a leap of faith, that mm -hmm. isn't encountering a moment where the hero of the story or the heroine of the story, and a heroine is just a person who takes a leap of faith. So it's, it's you and me. Nothing grand, uh, just a leap of faith in, in your own right, you know, that makes you a hero or a heroine. Yeah, that's well said. It's in your own right. In your own right, yeah, because what is a leap of faith for me is not the same. It doesn't have to look the same as what is a leap of faith for you or, or anybody else. But as long as it, it doesn't involve stepping into the unknown somehow, going for it, even when you are insecure uncertain about outcomes not even knowing if you will fl fall flat on your face or not unless there is that moment we don't have a story no and also, that's beautiful because yeah. of your storytelling uh, techniques or how you know and you told me every story has the same kind of structure yeah so if you don't take a leap there will, won't be a story so there's also a kind of uh trust maybe yeah, appearing in the story because you know, okay, if I don't do it, I won't be the hero of my story. No, there's no I will adventure. Be screwed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that it, the the conclusion is because you don't have to. Let that be clear. You don't have to push yourself into leaps of faith, but then no. you have to be okay with the notion that your story is the way it is and it will stay that way. And as long as you're okay with that, then not, nothing is required. But as soon as you yourself feel this, this, even if it's this tiny spark that says, can there maybe be more? Yeah. That is your story talking to you and saying, maybe it is time for a leap of faith. Yeah. And, and what part of you is, wants this like new experience? Well, I call that my inner being. Mm -hmm. I believe very strongly that the person that I'm becoming is already there. Yes. Everything is already there. It's like uh, a seed of a flower you know the whole flower is already in the seed it's already there all you have to do is put it in the right environment uh, and make sure that it can just grow it'll unfold but it's already there mm. i believe that as a human being i work the same way everything that is in me you know the, this flower that i have the potential to become is already in existence so i don't have to go looking for that or work for that i only have to trust that that version of me already somewhere exists in the future, of course. It's like a seed and a flower. The flower or a different timeline, people no, call it. It doesn't matter how no, you see it, but as long as it works for you to... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I call that version of me my inner being. And it is beautiful. Firm, firm belief. This is also... Um, it comes from Abraham Hicks, this, this terminology. I've learned it there when studying law of attraction. And this inner being has knowledge of everything that I am now 
everywhere I have been and everything I want to become and I want to accomplish and I want to have and I want to experience. And this inner being has knowledge and it is already there. So it is up to me to just follow that inner being, you know, like um, just like a, a light in the distance. Yeah. I can and how do you know you're following your inner being? I'm also asking questions that people yeah. who don't understand. Yeah. For me, that was, and that was when I made the shift from my head to my heart. Talk about a leap of faith. Because instead of going for what I could see, I went for following how it feels. Mm. Take, for instance, quitting my job. You know, what, where do I come alive with the idea of staying in that job? And efforting making efforts to change, make adjustments you know yeah. yeah or the idea of quitting my job and having total and utter freedom in thinking what the hell am i gonna do next and what i always say uh once you close a door energy uh gets free and another door opens yeah. is that also your experience well i even think of it in a slightly different metaphor if we, when we stay with doors and and other doors opening i think that um your door th the door is always open and you can check if your door is open by the way you're feeling and maybe you didn't see it exactly i, I was <laughs> keeping it closed i love it i was keeping the door closed because i wanted things to stay the same that's what yeah. my head wants. That's what everybody's mm -hmm. head wants. That's Control, safety. Yeah, your brain is neurologically wired to want to stay the same. So I was keeping a door closed because I thought, well, but I have the job, I have the security, there's things I like about this. So let's keep the door closed so that I can stay in that same space. When I thought about making the decision to quit in that afternoon, and I, I immediately could sort of feel that door open and feel the the infinity of worlds that was behind that door and I, I felt that that somehow made me come alive now my head was of course panicking in this moment <laughs> yeah. obviously because that was saying all the same things the the outside world was saying but what about what your, are you doing your, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about your responsibilities of just making the money and providing for your kids what about this what about that what about that what if you fail what if you can find another job and what i've learned is that when I feel excitement or relief or contentment about a decision that I make, it is always the right one. And every voice in my head that starts with what if comes from fear. Yes. And, and what you're also saying, the excitement, it's something you also feel in your yes. body. Exactly. That's what, so yeah. your body knows yeah. sooner than your yeah. head. Absolutely. So if we contact our body and if we really get in dialogue with our body and our heart or whatever there is when i feel something is true for myself uh i get this tingling on my backbone oh wow yeah yes and then yeah. oh i'm on the right track yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i think everybody has their own version of exactly that of the, this tiny notion that you get somewhere in your body that says oh i like this or just a sigh of relief that says oh yeah yeah you know coming home, coming and, home. And, and what is your sign because you already shared some yeah well i think i have several yes <laughs> they come I guess. in different they come in different ways and forms but the bottom line of it is that i always feel my words are that i come alive and i can't i don't think i can put more words to that than i would diminish uh the, the way that it feels if i would try to put more words to it but for me it feels like coming alive Mm. My senses, all my senses get heightened. Um, I feel joy on the inside. I, yeah, I, I just, I come alive. And sometimes when I've been keeping a door shut for too long and I've been going into a state of, um, or really, you know, negativity and feeling blocked and, you know, feeling stuck mm -hmm. in this place that we, I think we all know. Mm -hmm. that happens when I've kept the door closed for too long, then sometimes the opening of that door, it doesn't feel like the coming alive and the excitement, but just like the, the, the feeling that I can breathe again, just like a, a, a sign of relief. Just yeah. So it can be ah. tiny or it can yeah. be big. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always something there in, in a relief, in an excitement, in a coming alive, instead of running around in circles in your own head, you're not going to solve it from your head, or at least for me, that's a lesson that I have to, had to learn in the last couple of years. I'm not going to solve it from my head because my head wants things to stay the same. Yeah. And that's yeah. not where my happiness lies. 
Wow, there's so much <laughs> richness in what you're saying. <laughs> Can write blogs about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so you you're talking about uh, my inner being, and I use yeah. the word soul. So that's just I think yeah. it's the same. Oh yeah. And uh, I I remember at a certain moment uh, I felt like you know my soul is getting bored. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or my inner being. Yeah. And 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 that's also a sign of okay something has to change yeah. sometimes you know it but just yeah you just keep the door locked because you're in a situation which is nice and okay but you know it and i i think uh yeah i i, I had a i had a coach and she asked me what's your next level marianne and then then i really had to say it because yeah why did i take a coach yeah. because i wanted to be pushed or whatever <laughs> yeah. challenged i said well um you know there's this there is this uh, feeling of I want to work in English again, and uh, I want to work with women who were formerly had women and now uh, living from their heart. So something is happening there, and there's so many women still in their head. Yeah. Uh, I think that you also work with those women who are really longing for going in that to that yeah. other place, but sometimes they don't know how because the head is freaking out. Yeah, 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 and it's it can be incredibly difficult in the beginning at least um, yes. and this is also why i have of course sought out my own trainers and my own teachers uh, i've been studying law of attraction for three years daily uh, so i'm also really invested mm -hmm. in helping myself get there uh, i'm not expecting myself to, to be able to do it all alone and to make those shifts all alone i think it's it's one of the smartest things we can do is to seek out each other and people who can help you somehow uh, on walking this road you know we're kind of used in this society to do things alone yes i heard one of my speakers one of the speakers i've been training lately say in in a beautiful ted talk that he gave that we have become accustomed to a very alien state of being human because we're accustomed to thinking in terms of uh, me versus them a comparison uh, have living in a very small circle you know it's mm -hmm. basically either just yourself or yourself and your partner or yourself your partner and your kids but that's that's sort of where the circle closes and that's not how we are actually programmed as human beings we are programmed to do things together you know yes. there's oneness in so much more than yes. we are now letting in so and, and yeah. it's a word you know i've been studying uh, also the law of attraction but also you know ancient uh uh yoga teachings because yeah. i've, I've oh, been yeah. trained as yoga and they when when i heard the word oneness for the first time i i couldn't get it you of know? course not no i think me neither oneness <laughs> it was like oh it's too woo woo and yeah. we are not one no because i'm different than she and yeah. i'm different than he and yeah. how can we be one but this is also a process of of getting accustomed to the id with our hard because i think yeah. we've all been in trainings where we felt connected yeah exactly exactly yeah, it's, really isn't that, it... that road to traveling towards where the feeling lives in yourself and it's funny because now that we are we are having this conversation and i know you of course from years ago already and the idea that we would be having this conversation in this terminology back then even just you know was it three years ago it's almost unthinkable uh, because we have made an incredible development, personal mm -hmm. development in, in this particular area, also to both of us. So I can see uh, still how, how difficult things were for me in the beginning uh, and how much I've benefited uh, from the help that I sought out. You know, all my teachers, my trainers, but also just my peers, mm -hmm. uh, other entrepreneurs, you know, everybody is my teacher. Um, and how, how fast things then go. I think it's Tony Robbins who said that people, um, they completely overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. If you just stubbornly keep putting one foot in front of the other and stubbornly keep making those leaps of faith, a year from now, you will look back and you will not recognize yourself and think, how did this happen? And that's just because you have stubbornly set your mind to, I am now going to follow the feeling. And your heart, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I wanted to say something about that. Um, sometimes I really forgot. Um, one, I, I remember one time you said something, I think in your coach calls, 
that that you first serve yourself or fill yeah. your cup first. So what do you yeah. mean by that? Yeah, well, it's um, uh, uh, the metaphor that a lot of people use uh, is the one of the plane, you know, the oxygen masks in the plane, mm -hmm. Put on oxygen mask first, and then uh, the ones of your children. Um, and that's, I think, something also that I had to learn and that is recognizable for a lot of women. You know, we are accustomed to having to um, be a certain way, look a certain way, behave a certain way. We have a lot of expectations going on for women um, that society puts on us. But I think most of them live just in ourselves. We expect us to be a certain way and look a certain way and behave a certain yes. way. So we are very outward focused. And for me, I came to the conclusion that when I keep being this outward focused, and my kids really helped me on this because I was thinking I need to put them first. That's what you mm -hmm. do as a mother. You put them yeah. first. And then when they were sort of starting to mirror me in my teachings and they were starting to ask me, you know, what are you teaching me here? In their own way of asking that, of course. I mean, they're seven, six, and three, so their, their vocabulary is different. But this is what they ask. What are you teaching me here? And I realized that I was teaching them that they actually do not come first because what I'm showing them is that as a mother, I'm putting other people before myself. So what is the message I'm actually teaching them here is to say, if you mm -hmm. want to be good in life, you put somebody else before yourself. And I didn't want that. The reason I was putting them first is because I, I felt that they deserve to come first. Yeah. How can I teach my children that it is that they deserve to come first if I don't show them that by example? Words mm -hmm. don't teach, only, only experience. Yeah. Your example teaches. They, they learn what you do, not what you exactly. say. Exactly. That's what they say about children. Yeah. yeah. So when I realized that, I also realized that a lot of the things that weren't working for me is because I was still outward focused instead of inward focused. And that was also one of the things I was scared of, of not being a good person, of becoming yeah. egocentric. Being selfish. Yeah, being selfish. Focus too much yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Right up until the moment that I realized that um, I am the sun in my own universe. And everybody I care about are all the planets that are spinning around me in their perfect orbit. The earth is okay as long as the sun is okay. The sun doesn't really have to do anything else but just shine, do what it does, and then the earth is okay. If my child is the earth and I am the sun, if I would say, you know what, I will just diminish myself a little bit, I will come over to you and I will come in to help you, I'm actually being destructive. Mm, wow, this is a wonderful I, metaphor. Yeah, well, I think in images. This is yeah, me too. Right. And, and for always, me, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, all those words. <laughs> yeah, I think a picture tells a thousand words. So exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I always need images to relate to. And then I, when I got that metaphor of of the universe, because somebody said to me, you know, you're not the the, the center of of the universe. And then I thought, wait a second. Yes, I actually am. And you are too. And, yeah, and you are too. And my child is the center of their universe. And I started to experiment with this because I like to experiment. It was not a leap of faith, just experiment with it. Mm. What would happen if you put yourself first? Just radical self-care. And what happened? Everybody started to be more okay. Mm. I started to be more okay. Everybody around me started to be more okay. My children started being more themselves because I was being more myself. Yeah. We were starting to appreciate each other on a deeper level. We were more in truth towards each yeah. other because they may not like certain things in my behavior when I put myself first, but at least they know that it is absolute truth. And with yeah. that, I am sending them the message. You are allowed to do the same. You can mm -hmm. do first. But the paradox in this is that where I was afraid that if I would become selfish, self-centered mm -hmm. in the literal sense of that word putting myself in the center that everybody would be worse off for it the exact opposite happened when i put myself in the center and i just became the sun the solar system that i am everybody started to just flow yeah naturally in their own uh, orbit the funny thing is in the last podcast i i think i i draw the same conclusion that when you focus on yourself when you fill your cup first when you 
learn to be yourself, which is very difficult for many people, the world around you is going to move with you. Exactly. And it is like these, um, like clockwork, you know, it all comes together perfectly. You don't have to worry that you're being you because that's what you do when you are really in self-care. You're not becoming uh, alienated from the world or from the rest. You're, you're actually stepping more into the world as your authentic self. And, and the world like understands the because they see everything, you who you are, as you exactly, are. Exactly. And everything will work with that uh, because it's designed that way. It's just mm -hmm. designed that way to um, work the most optimal when you are really the, the most authentic and pure and true version of yourself. It works that way in the whole of nature. And as human beings, we are nature. So why wouldn't that work for us? And this, I would encourage everybody to really experiment with that. You know, I, I go to Scotland every three months yeah. for a couple of days on my own, really on my own. The first question I got from people and I still regularly get is, oh, but how do you do that with your kids? Mm -hmm. Because my kids are very young. And I have always been astonished by this question. Um, as if me being away, being abroad every three months, every other couple of months from my family uh, would somehow be a problem to my family. Um, and we never ask men these questions. These are typical questions that women get. You know, but if, if a man is away 300 days a year on business trips, nobody asks him, how do you do that at home? <laughs> this is something that we <laughs> women get. So yeah. Really, just an experiment, you know, can I do that? And Mm -hmm. Sure enough, when I came back, all my boys were more relaxed. Their father was more relaxed because it turned out it actually serves them really well when mom is yeah. away for a couple of days, when they can just be boys and be ridiculous and be without the influence of mom. It worked wonders for everyone. Yeah. And, can and you imagine what would have happened if I would have denied myself those trips where. Yeah, because there was this soul calling from. Yeah. At a certain moment, I saw that you went to Scotland for the yeah. first time. And then, and then I thought, oh, she's there again. So what, <laughs> what, what, what is like the magic of Scotland? I can imagine. So what, what, what was drawing you to Scotland instead of like another country? Well, if you talk about a leap of faith again, this was mm -hmm. at a point where I, um, I was hitting uh, quite a, a bit of a state of burnout and depression. Not a lot of people knew that because as a lot of women, I am very good in hiding mm -hmm. those parts of myself. You know, not showing how I'm really doing on the inside. Um, and parts of me were still doing okay. So I figured if I just show them, then nobody will ask questions about the rest. But the truth of the matter was that I was pretty um, much in burnout and depression. And a colleague said, another entrepreneur, she said, you need to get away. Mm -hmm. You need to just get away. And she said, and I don't mean going a day to a spa. That's, that's not going to happen no. anymore. You need to get on a plane, go to some mountain, climb it, and sit on top of it for a couple of days and just breathe. Well, this, was, this idea was foreign to me, to go sit on a mountain on my own. I never traveled on my own before. And I, but I felt, here we go again, something in me came back alive when she said that. The idea of just getting on a plane, going to sit on some mountain, and, and just something in me came alive. So I thought, you know what? Let's do it. Why not? I can. So why not? Mm -hmm. Let's follow that. And I said, okay, sure, I'll go. And she said, great, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Sky. She said, great, what is Sky? I said, I don't know. <laughs> this word keeps popping up. Sky. The word Sky. So, you know, the, the neighbor had a new dog. Said, great, what's her name? Sky. <laughs> okay, sure. Yvette, there is this new show on television. I think you'll like it. Okay, what is it called? Outlander. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's about, there's this theme song. It's about Scotland. You have to watch it. So I watched it and this theme song, um, it's called the, the Sky Boat Song. So it says mm -hmm. over the seas, the sky. So here just was the sky again. Talking about the signs. Exactly. So I, the sky, it was just the first thing that came up when she asked, where are you going? So, well, sky. So I, I you know, Went to look up where is Sky. I had completely determined where it was. I picked a date. That's when I'm going to go. And only then did I discover that this was a small island on the west coast of the Scottish Highlands. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, you have to um, remember, this was January. So it was freezing. Mm -hmm. There were snowstorms. There Nobody would go there. <laughs> Nobody would go in his right mind to some island far in the highlands of Scotland in January on her own. 
But I, I said, well, I, this is what I felt like doing, so I'm going to do it. So I, I booked the flight, I booked the car, and the next week I was on Sky. There was literally nobody there. Nobody there. I had roads. I didn't see a single car for my entire stay there. There were only locals, and they were all inside, or they fled uh, towards some, uh, some warmer place. And that was really when I, I thought, why wasn't the dog's name Ibiza? <laughs> so what am I doing? What here? am I doing here? Yeah, what am I doing here? Seriously, but then I uh, got onto this first, the first, let's say, the first mountain. Got out of it, sat down, and everything in me started to feel whole. I started wow. to feel ground beneath my feet that I hadn't felt in months. I, I, I used to say, you know, I'm this person who is all fire and air, you know, I, I fly and I have this fire and, but what do you get when you are all fire and air and more fire, more air, you burn out. Not grounded. You're not grounded. Yeah. So, and what is Scotland? If you think about Scotland, what are the first two things you think of? Mother Earth. Earth and water. That's yes. all there is, you know. This was the missing part in you. Exactly. So it's like it made me whole, it grounded me, it sort of dragged me into my center and I could breathe there. And when I came back, everything felt different. And I thought to myself, okay, so this to me is not a luxury. This is a necessity. It's a necessity if I want to. And sure enough, after about three months, I really started to feel that I was getting you know, out of breath again and feeling you know, overwhelmed with, with everything, you know, the small children, the family, the business, the relationships, the friends, the everything. There's a lot going on in our society these days. And I started to feel this feeling of overwhelm again. And so I booked another plane, went back to sky, sat there on that mountain again for a couple of days, breathed out, centered, came back. And I've now I've just returned for my 10th trip in two years. So it's it, it just works for mm-hmm. me and people ask me you know what well this is a luxury that you get to go and everybody who knows me knows this is not a luxury this is a necessity but we deny ourselves so many of the ways in which we can heal ourselves mm-hmm. um, so did this this word you're using i'm, I'm healing myself by coming yeah. to scotland and what does it yeah. bring you so what in what way has it impacted yeah, because in that time you were i think purely a storyteller a yeah. trainer, a teacher, yeah. a coach, and you weren't in the theater no, yet. No, 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 no. And I think that in, in essence, I was always an artist. I've always mm-hmm. been working with, you know, I've studied musicology. I've been a dancer for many years. Uh, I have had vocal training for many years. I was a classical singer, high soprano. Not many people know that of me. No. Um, <laughs> but I am. And... Um, I, I sort of had, well, lost track of that a bit, which is also okay. It's just how life unfolds, you know, it was a different path. So those things that I left behind me a bit more. Um, but when going to Scotland, just there were more and more stories coming into my energy field. You know, there was, I could sort of see things there and hear things there. Like, like they actually... Uh, started to exist you know in my in my energy field and I started to translate them into poetry and I wasn't even quite sure what I was doing but I was just trying to give words to all the things I was feeling and experiencing in Scotland and I posted one of those um, pieces of spoken word poetry on Facebook and it was like the internet exploded there Mm -hmm. were the reactions were overwhelming to me I I did not see that coming that it would impact so many women who listen to this, uh, this particular piece of poetry. And then one of my, my friend entrepreneurs said, on your next storytelling event, you are going to be the opening act, you yourself, and you're going to perform a piece of spoken word poetry. This is what you're here to, to bring. You know? this, this is also your way of storytelling. You're not just about the written stories and about the training people, coaching people. You're an artist. And this is also really your art form. So go and do it. And, and, so, and somebody else tells you. Somebody else tells me. Or, this is, this is like you, a mentor. Yeah, exactly. And this always happens. So, and then it's also, again, a leap of faith to say, okay, am I, am I going to do that? My brain was freaking out. Thinking, of course. Oh, you're not an artist. <laughs> I'm not an artist. No, no. But then I did. And uh, long story short, in, uh, I'm now performing in theaters and on festivals um you know being asked to record some of the um, traditional celtic music that i sing so that it can be played on uh, celtic radios um these are things that i never could have imagined 
never could have imagined. It's all. I think nobody crazy. around you, no. everybody who knows you a bit, nobody could have imagined that you would go in that direction. But it makes so much sense. Exactly, because nobody was surprised. Also, everybody said, "Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> this is totally you." Everybody who sees me do it says, "Yeah, of course." You know, there you are. But that was also again an incredible leap of faith because. Um, if I were to hold on to the, the person, the version of me that I knew, like the business version, I couldn't really step into being this artist who, who talks in poetry terms. And, you know, my, some of my poetry is sort of provocative. Mm-hmm. And that made me think, well, what will my corporate clients think about me doing this? So, you know, I was in the split. Yes. And then encouraged also by a, a coaching trip. I, I went on a coaching uh, trip to Lapland in uh, last January. It was incredible. So deep in the winter, there was nothing but snow and silence. It was minus 35 degrees <sighs> Celsius. And um, there I really made the conscious decision to, well, you know, leave the business behind if I have to. I would step into the artist. I would stubbornly be who I am as an artist. And if that would mean that my clients would all leave me and my business would fall away and all my money would stop coming in. And then so be it. Why? And guess what? It yeah. didn't happen. No, of course not. The op- <laughs> quite the opposite, actually. Quite the opposite. It's because of what I now also do um, on the stages, you know, in, in, in terms of my art. Uh, brings me even more also um, customers. And well, I don't like, really like calling them customers. But, you know, the, the people who encounter my work as an artist they want to learn more from me. And so um, automatically they also find me as the teacher that I am. And it works for me in, in such an incredibly beautiful way. It's more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. And for that, I thank my inner being, you know, just Mm -hmm. who already knew this, who already had this plan laid out for me. And all I had to do was, you know, go to sky because the, the, the neighbor's dog was named sky. Yeah. But you followed the signs <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's step by step. Exactly. It's not always like a leap of, ah, I'm going to jump. It's really like, no. there was this first sign. Yeah. yeah so somebody yeah. asked you this question and, and where do you want to go to? Or you, and you said sky. Yeah. Because you heard something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me also, the, the leap of faith, the biggest leap of faith uh, was for me to let go of how I was thinking things up and really starting to listen to these kind of signs and having the guts to follow them. That was my absolute biggest leap of faith in the end, because then when you start to do that, things sort of kind of become logical. You know, you, you make a next right move and a next right move and another next right move. And they're not all that big, but the results are enormous. Yeah. It's like there is this, uh, this, this uh, saying for you take the first step of the stairs. You don't see the rest of the stairs, but the rest will, unfold yeah and this is the trust part isn't it if you don't take the first step nothing will change no exactly and i think that's that's the only real leap of faith that we can ever make is to say i'm going to trust my gut feeling on this and i'm not going to trust the logics or my brain or statistics or my partner or what everybody says i'm going to trust my gut feeling my gut feeling said this sky word is not for nothing Mm -hmm. and i trusted to follow that yeah. I'm just looking at the time. So yeah, we can we talk are about having, for hours. We have very, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, indeed. Um, let, let me see if there's like one or two final questions to ask you, because I think we are already talking almost an hour, but it's so interesting. So I'm hanging at your lips. Is that what you say in English? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm stuck to your lips. <laughs> you are very welcome to get stuck to my lips. You know I love you. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So before I ask the last question, there's another one I would like to ask you. What would be a stretch for you now? Because you've done so much, you know, uh, you are in theater, which is, you know, you're, you're a performing artist. You're really everything that you are bringing on stage do you feel there is a next level or a stretch or are you still you feel stretched all the time maybe yeah i think i have let go of the concept of stretching a little bit because for me that has the um the connotation of being sort of uncomfortable being you know being stretched doesn't feel really good okay it's not the right word Um, 
So I, but if, you know, I know what you mean to ask and, and is there much more coming? Oh yeah, there is so much more coming and I'm going to be scared shitless so many times more. And you don't know am, what's coming. You know? And I don't know what that is yet, but I also don't have to know. It will show itself. Yeah, you, you're following guidance. You put yeah. it in the hands of guidance yeah. or your inner being. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I, you know, when I got to perform on, on my first festival, oh man, I, I was, well, like I said, scared shitless. That doesn't get any less. It's not be, just because it unfolds that way and it's all incredibly great. Mm-hmm. And it's not a stretch in that sense. And I think, oh God, can I even do this? Can I even pull this off? I have no idea that that stays. Um, and in all honesty, I, I kind of like that also because that keeps it so interesting, you know, to think, oh man, my inner being clearly thinks that I can do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I have yet to to experience that, you know, if this is going to end well or if I'm going to fall flat on my face. And it's that excitement and that anticipation. Yeah. And, then, and that's what you said at the beginning. Yeah. I wanted to feel alive. Yes, this is what makes me what makes me come alive. So, yeah, what is my next stretch? I don't know. I will let it show itself, but I am absolutely certain that there will come another one, and I will just gladly take it and dive into it, and uh, we'll see what happens. And how can we follow you? <laughs> Facebook is a platform that I'm very active at. Just Moira Izetta. You will find me on Facebook. Um, I have a SoundCloud if you are interested in more of my work that's under Moira Moira Official but those links are also on my uh, socials and of course the website moiraivette.nl wow yeah okay the last question for the listeners Uh, maybe it's already been said but what would be your number one advice or tip for the listeners to to take their leap of faith? I think it would be just allow yourself to experiment with following your gut feeling, following how it makes you feel instead of what you think about something. And it doesn't have to be, you know, from zero to a hundred in five seconds, but just experiment with taking the tiny steps, doing things just a bit differently than you would before allow yourself that you are so deserving of at least that to say, you know, my gut feeling is telling me this. So I will, I'm choosing to follow that now and then to see what happens. That's the way to live your own story, to make sure that when you are 80 years old, you will say that was absolutely truly my story, not society's story, not the expectations of everybody else, or maybe even my own, but that was my story. That was my soul that came alive and I followed it. Yeah, and and what and I like what you're saying. It doesn't have to be big, you know. Uh, start with following that feeling and experiment. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, it would be frightening that you think, "Oh, I have to climb up on a mountain." Yeah, I and have jump. also. I have to quit my job. I have to go to Scotland, sit on a on a mountain. That is not it. That is absolutely not it. So yeah, just allow yourself to experiment. With this. And if it is that, that is also great. You know, if anybody here is listening and said, yeah, well, actually, I kind of knew that I have to take this, like, this big step, go do it. You know, full permission, full blessing, go for it. It will be fun. Um, but if that's not the case, just experiment with the small things. You, it's like a butterfly effect. These, these small moments in which you choose to follow your gut feeling, your entire story will unfold differently. And it's going to be beautiful. That's a promise. Hmm. I think these are the last words of this podcast. Right. Thank you. That it all. Thank you too. Such a pleasure to talk to you.